0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, stand with me if you would. So in case you were wondering, I think we clarified from stuff if you're new. We serve Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, amen. And when we give Him the reins, When he is our leader, he's never lost a battle. So if you were wondering this morning, or you needed some encouragement, I know I got some. Because my, I'm in good hands with Jesus Christ. He's never lost a battle, amen? Oh yeah, you can preach that with authority, amen? Yes, and I'll settle down. Today we're going to talk about don't lose it. If you're wondering, we really believe that Christ orchestrated this service this morning. You guys have been battling some stuff. You guys have won. Do not lose what you've won. Amen? That's what we're going to talk about, that we believe in a God that rewards us. We believe that if we do what he says to do the way that he says to do it, then we will have great reward. Amen? Yeah, he's not just a God that doesn't want to be involved in our life, but he is a rewarder. Yes? Yes, and if you don't know that, the answer is yes. So we'll clarify that for you too. Going to the book of 2 John, verse 8. It's only one chapter long. I encourage you to read this book and then you can read it on the way home from church and then you can say, hey, my family and I read an entire book of the Bible, all 12 verses. That's okay, you gotta start somewhere, right? But here our beloved John, the one whom Jesus loved, the Apostle John, is speaking to some friends. And in the middle of this, he says this, watch yourselves, so that you may not lose what you've worked for, but many but may win a full reward. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your grace and your goodness. Our hearts are bowed to you. Speak to your people as our hearts are open to receive your spirit, to receive your word and your knowledge. And everyone says, amen, amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Wave at your neighbor and say, watch yourself. Yeah. If you've ever been on a date and you've been told that, that's probably not a good thing. I'm a little fresh. Don't need you doing that. I say that stuff for marriage. Can I get an amen? Yeah. But we would like to say thank you so much for being here. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you by streaming online. Thank you so much. You're a part of this. We love you so very much. Don't lose it. This is what's on my heart this morning. Don't lose it. It's simply you've worked way too hard and come way too far to lose the reward that you have built up for yourself, amen? Now, now the reward's only possible through Jesus Christ, but don't lose what you've been working on. And here, as we read this scripture, we know that John's talking about truth and salvation, and we're going to address that. But we also want to talk about the principle. You know, the Word of God is so amazing. You can take the truth and then also apply it to your life and use that same principle and change you. Amen? It really will. It's more than just reading. It's more than just words on a page It will jump out and grip our hearts. But don't lose it. How many of you guys have ever lost something? Yeah, hopefully it's not your kid. That's bad. Okay, we talked about that last week. But there's really five things that it seems like Americans lose more than anything. We lose TV remotes. Oh, bummer. I've got to get up off the couch. I only know where the button is on my TV. You know? You guys know what I'm going through, okay? Cell phones. We lose our cell phones. Oh, my gosh, my life is on my cell phone. You lose your reading glasses, car keys, and wallets and purses. These things that contain our life, we, we lose and check this out, 27, or excuse me, $2.7 billion a year is spent on replacing items that we lose. Here's, here's, here's another one. 2.5 days a year is what you spend on average looking for things that you've lost. And this is the funny part. The glasses were on your head the whole time. <laughs> Just need to go look in the mirror. I didn't think they were in the mirror, but that's where they were at. 60 hours we lose because of looking for stuff that we've lost. And what our heart is is simply that that does not happen with our salvation. That does not happen with our vision that God has placed in our heart, amen? That we don't lose any time walking backwards. All of our time is continually forward walking in the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. And the apostle John is writing to his friends. Now, this, this book is being written either to a friend that has children, or, it's being, or it could be written to a person who's leading a church, and they're considering the, the people in the church children. Either way, John is writing it. And in the first four verses of the book, five different times, he uses this word truth. Because at their time, all this stuff was infiltrating the church and trying to lead people away from the truth. And John is saying, listen, you have to watch yourself that you don't miss the truth. How many of you guys know out there that the world will teach you the truth that it wants you to know? It will package it, wrap it, and stick it up underneath your tree so you can put it into your life. But we know the truth, the real truth, and that's what John is saying. You have to know the truth. You love one another. He continues on before he gets to verse 8. He says, not only do you know the truth, but you need to love one another. And I love it. He says, you've known this from the beginning. It's something that we know to do. He talks about how we should abide in Christ. We live in him. The Father and the Son. And he says, listen, if someone else teaches you, you've got to push yourself away from that. In the ending of the book, he says, now listen, be careful because if you know somebody is teaching something that's not of Christ and you entertain that and you allow that to happen in your church, then you take part of their wicked efforts. And he heeds, he says, listen, you can't do that. It doesn't matter how good something feels to say. If it's not truth, we don't need to be proclaiming it. And then at the very end, he says this, he says, I've got more to tell you, but I really want to do it face-to-face. So what we're learning this morning to me is so important because John says, listen, for some reason, in case I can't get face-to-face, I really want you to know this. I've got some other stuff, so as we heed to it, I love it because it's very practical advice. We know we're in the holidays and emotions roar during the holidays. Anybody do any Black Friday shopping? Me neither, and nobody's brave enough to say that they did. I'm proud of you guys. I really am. I didn't worry about it either. I already had my fun at Toys R Us, as I mentioned last week. I didn't want to do it again. But we have all these different emotions and presents and gifts and food and meetings and all these different things that we do. And it's in times like these that if we're not careful, we lose things that we've worked so hard for. You've made some decisions at the beginning of this year that you've worked incredibly hard for, and you're seeing some of that fruit. Don't ease up or slack off now. Don't wait till January 1st to make a New Year's resolution. Start thinking about it now because resolutions are patterns. Patterns cause change, good or bad. And we get to January 1st or the first week and we're instilling a new pattern and we're still fighting stuff that we fought and we're trying to do it and it's really, really difficult as opposed to already kind of starting to do those type of things that we want to change. That way we hit the ground running, Amen. Why are we talk about this? Because this is very practical stuff. We believe in you guys. We know that there's some things that you want to accomplish and you can do it. Sometimes it's just little adjustments that we have to make. And here we have to, as we read what John is saying, he's saying, listen, there's some rewards out there for you. But know that they're real and you can lose them. We don't just we don't serve a God where there's no disciplinary action where there's no accountability. No, 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 that's not who we serve. We serve a God now. He loves us and he's for us, amen. And we, Pastor Tanner was right on the money. Not realizing what we walked through, but one thing we know is that we can trust God and it'll make me better. He has my best interest in mind. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what you've worked for, but you may win a full reward. Right in the middle of this letter, he he says this. So as we go forward here, I want us to grasp this idea that God is a rewarder. And as we look through Scripture here briefly, it's very important because at times the picture of God can be painted that He is just there to tell us not what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. No, the reason why He's telling you not to do this is because wide is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternity. So the things that He tells you not to do, He knows what it's going to lead to. The things that he says do, and there's a whole bunch more do's than don'ts. It's just sometimes we're fleshly and the don'ts are easier than the do's. Come on now. But he's saying, listen, God is a rewarder if we'll do it his way. Genesis 1 and 28. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He wants us to increase. He wants things to be added to our life. Amen? Amen. Now, we know in this context it was perfect. It was a perfect, sinless world. And then Adam and Eve fell. But they could still plant stuff and find fruit. So God still created a way that we could be fruitful and still multiply because he wants things to be added. But we have to do the work to get the reward. Amen? Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats busting with wine. Your vats busting with wine. But what do we have to do? Our due diligence is to honor God with our wealth. Honor God with our material possessions, with our substance. Amen? But whenever we do that, the reward is, I'm going to go out to my barn I'm going to see some stuff I ain't never seen before. See, I was in lack and now I'm not in lack. But I have to honor God. We see the reward. Matthew 6 and 4. So that you, so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret, what will reward you? We go pray in secret. We fast in secret. We seek God. And then we see something amazing happens that he will reward us. Yes, er, uh, yes uh, heavenly treasures, absolutely. But God is also a rewarder of us down on earth. Now, it doesn't always look like we want it to look like. Come on now. But we've got to trust him that he's a rewarder. In Luke, 20, in Luke 12, verses 27 through 31, he talks about how the lilies of the valley are clothed. He, he talks about the fowls of the air, and he talks about these different things. And he says, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, or what you wear. If God can take care of animals, he can take care of us. And then verse 31, but seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and what? These things will be added. Rewarder. This is good news. This is good news. He's not the kind of master that maybe you thought he was. He's not the kind of boss that maybe you've come to the conclusion about God. No, maybe it's just that little tweak of I'm going to do it his way, and then I begin to see that he is a rewarder. Hebrews 11 and 6 cannot leave this one out, and without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. It's very critical that we understand that God is a rewarder, that God wants to give us the things that we need to be able to take on the things that he has called us to take on, right? And God is a God of more than enough. We are more than a conqueror, right? Okay, so that means, doesn't mean we just win the battle, but we get the gold, we get, we get everything else with it. Does that make sense? But then we go back and we honor God with it, and that's whenever we can see our barns be full. But he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And John is writing this, and the first thing that John says, I got to love it, or you got to love it, what John says. He says, First thing, watch yourself. Do you guys know people who are kind of nosy? They want to watch everything in the world but themselves. Yeah, I got awful quiet. Either you're thinking of that person, or we're going slower down in our chair. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. John, the apostle here, says, watch yourself. He says, listen, I don't want you to be deceived, so you have to watch yourself. You have to know what you're looking at because not everything works out according to plan. Sometimes it does. Michigan was playing UCLA. The field goal kicker goes out on the field as field goal kickers do. Most of the time they make it, amen. Sometimes they don't, right? 14-14, it's tied. Send a kicker out on the field. Kicks it through the uprights, they win 17-14. Kicker jogs over the sidelines to the UCLA coach. And he goes, great job, man. He goes, did you see how much you almost missed it by? He goes, no, I forgot my contacts at home. I just kicked the ball and I was looking at the ref to see if it was good or bad. <laughs> Sometimes, because we lose something, we also lose our sight. Amen. Because we're watching something else besides what we need to be watching, we can miss a very, very important opportunity in our life. Now, how how do we do that? What's some things that cause us to get into that selfishness? Well, the first one is easy. The first one is comparison. Comparison is a trap. Can I get an amen? Comparison is a trap. Don't compare your vacation to your neighbor's vacation. Don't compare your family to your neighbor's family, your car to your neighbor's car or anybody else's. Comparison is a trap, and what it'll do is it'll make us ask questions that we don't need to ask and start going to look for things we don't need to look for. And we waste time and effort, and we all do it in the name, with keeping up with the neighbors. And that's not how this thing works. Comparison can cause selfishness. We guard ourselves from comparison. We watch ourselves on that. We also watch ourselves in making excuses. Excuses are easy to come by. I've taught on multiple levels of school. I've taught multiple kids, multiple demographics, multiple education styles, multiple ethnicities, multiple uh, bank accounts, you know what I mean? And, And this is what I found, it didn't matter. Those kids who were really good at making excuses came from all those backgrounds. And I thought to myself, And you might have thought this to yourself too. I thought to myself, if you would get as good good at doing your homework as you are at making excuses, you'd be pretty smart. You're a seventh grader and you might already graduate by now because you're pretty good at getting out of stuff. But don't make excuses. Making excuses, okay, they're easy to come by. No, it's my responsibility that I have to take and finally fight 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 against inappropriate judgment. Now, I'm not going to say don't judge, because listen to me, teenagers, you have to make judgment calls at times. I'm not going to hang out with that person, I'm not getting in that car, I'm not going to go do that thing, and we all can say amen to that. Judgments are part of it, but inappropriate judgments is whenever I begin to write your story. And God didn't give me permission to write your story. He didn't give me permission to interpret your story. Scripture says that I need to watch myself, so the only story that I really need to be writing is whose? Mine. But it's so easy, and inappropriate judgment can lead us into that. We can begin to fill in the blanks of why people do what they do. We can begin to make assumptions about why people do what they do, and people get hurt. And then all that is 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 a selfishness that rises up within us and we take the focus off of ourselves. Now, this is, whenever John's writing this, this is not a selfishness point of view that he's trying to say. What he's trying to say is take care of yourself. Realize your limits, your weaknesses, your tendency. This is how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this is about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test it's this thing that even Paul says we see the same thing we have to question ourselves and ask ourselves and 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 watch ourselves and say God what are my motives why am I making this choice and sometimes that's scary but it's very very important because if we don't constantly do that guess what nobody's going to do that for us and once again we live in a world that will lead us to their truth not to the true truth I think as pastor put it a couple weeks ago, the word word, Jesus Christ. So we see that we've got to push ourselves back and this is what I found was interesting as I was looking up some of this stuff and, and being prepared for you guys, mentally, physically, and spiritually, like what you do, whether it's, medical, uh, whether it's mental um, things that you struggle with or physical things you struggle with or spiritual things that you struggle with, really setting yourself up for success, it really comes down to some basic things that you can apply to any of those groups. First of all, we got to stay close to Christ, Amen. Well, whether you're having a mental struggle, whether you're having a physical struggle, or whether you're having a spiritual struggle, keep Christ in your life. Strengthen that relationship. Some more practical things, set boundaries. There might be some outings that you have to not go on this next month. There might have to be some things where you say, no, I, I can't do that. And you have to set boundaries. And this is the thing. It's not because you won't go and have a good time. It's because you know the conglomeration of people that are there and what they're going to speak about. And that brings you down, 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 down. So you set boundaries. You say, listen, I'm not going to get into that mental state because I know when I get into that mental state, I quit watching out for myself and I do things that I don't need to do. And if you think about the, the, the days that we're in as far as the next 30 or 45 days, man, there's going to be a lot of parties, a lot of meetings, a lot of food, amen, a lot of opportunities out there. But you have to set boundaries and don't feel bad exposure, you have to watch exposure, whether it's mentally, physically, or spiritually. I know in my household, like you guys, we have tablets, we have TVs, we have cell phones, okay? And I have to watch what my household is exposed to. Because this is the thing, I'm not saying the TV is from the devil, I'm not saying all the tablets and things like that are from the devil, but they are a window to the world. And if you leave a window open and unattended, things get in the house. Right. 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 And if you think of Satan being a serpent, he doesn't need a whole lot of room. Because right. he can creep in and he doesn't creep out. He takes up residence. And then ultimately, guys, rest. Rest. As you go on this next 30 or 45 days, don't forget to enjoy and rest. It's okay to be tough and strong in your sleep right? Now some of you guys that sleep 15, 16 hours a day, you might not need as much rest, okay? You might need to go out and do some more stuff physically. That would help you out. But for some of you guys and families that have to cook and buy gifts and shop and this and that and that and that, no, unplug and rest. Whatever, you're, whatever you do to veg, just rock it out, amen? But you have to watch yourselves because you've worked really hard to get where you're at. This is what John says. He says, keep it close, those things that we've worked for, we have to keep them close. This is what it says, so that you may not lose what we have worked for. There's some things in your life that you have worked really hard for. You've worked extremely hard to get your temper under control, and you're finally just about there. Got awful quiet. You've, you've worked really hard to get your mouth under control, and man, you've come a long ways. Man, you've been working and, and looking at your bank account and getting your finances together. And, and you're just about where you want to be. We've got to keep those things close to us and push the things of the world away from us. Okay? That's what, that's what John is saying. You you have some relationship, you, you've been kind of jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship. It's not good. And you're done with that and you've hung that coat up in the closet and you vowed not to go back to it. And if you don't keep watch over yourself in a period where you can feel lonely, you can feel forgotten, you can feel confused, you can feel cold, we go to the closet and we pull that jacket back out. So so, so we have to watch ourselves and we have to keep those things that we've been working on that God has been taking us through because there's great reward in those things, amen? There's great reward in personal hope and relationships and discipline. And we have to forget some of those past things that creep up on us because, listen, we can't undo the past and we can't take back words, amen? We can't do that. And I love love this. In, In some manuscripts, it says this, so that you may not lose what you have worked for. And I love either way you interpret it, whether it's we or whether it's you, because God works in our personal life on things like we just discussed. But remember, you're also part of a larger body. Aren't you glad, guys, guys to be glad uh, to be a part of Ray of Hope? Yeah. Yes. So, so you represent Ray of Hope. So we come and have church, and then we go out to tables, and if we use language we're not supposed to use at the restaurant, we're wearing a Ray of Hope shirt's probably not good. And there's been such a desire to build community and to build fellowship and to be a church that's a city on a hill, that's a light on a hill, to reach what God has called us to reach, amen? So, so we all work together because it's what we have worked for too. This building's here because of we, amen? There's been people that's gone. So whether you interpret it as you or we, either one is correct, but there's things that God has done in your life, and I'm telling you, hold those things close and do not lose them. In Luke 21 and 34, Christ coming, it says, be watchful yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with indulgence and drunkenness and cares of life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. What, what are we reading here? Because the things of the world begin to weigh us down. This, this is what I know. If I'm so concerned about the things of the world, they can begin to become extremely heavy because I can't change them no how. If you've ever been a weightlifter, and I, I, I encourage you, go home and take a five-pound weight and just hold it up out here as far as you can for as long as you can. You know what's going to happen? You won't be able to do it. It'll be what says in Scripture, it'll weigh you down. But whenever I keep those things that Christ is doing in my heart and doing in my life and not to lose them, because listen to me, you are making progress. Let me speak this word over you. You are making progress. I know it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't feel like it, but that's where the enemy wants you. You are making progress in whatever area, so you keep making that progress. We hold those things close to us, and the things of the world that we hold out, we cut the string. Because they weigh us down. And then we miss what God is trying to do in our life. So, so we're, we're, we're bogged down by the things of the world, what the world makes Christmas. And I know I'm a parent. It was hard. The first couple years of our marriage, there was a lot of things I wanted to buy Cali. There was a lot of things I couldn't buy Cali. I remember... When I first got married and we, we had kids, and you can ask my wife, that we were excited when our parents gave us gift cards two or three days earlier than Christmas. Because I had some money. You know? And now that I'm at this stage in life, I understand why my parents did that. <laughs> but we, 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 would, we would have those in our, in our life and our parents would give them early to us. Because, uh, and, and, and it was what, what the world makes Christmas and what we're trying to focus in on and trying to become, and those things set heavy on us. And in the job market that we're in, in the situation that we're in, the, the political climate, listen, all of that weighs on you the more you think about it. And God is working something in your life that's next to a miracle about letting things go or finding forgiveness or taking control of some areas in your life that you know have been out of control. Don't lose it. Keep those things close to you. Cut the string on the things that you can't change anyways. Hebrews 12 and 1, uh, the, the, the author is writing, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Every weight and every sin. Don't interpret that as the weight and the sin, as if you're the only one that's got one thing you've got to correct. There's a lot of things being pushed on us at once. And if you're a new Christian, you're just finding out how to do this. And we want to commend you and love you and help you. But we also want to let you know that the more mature we get, it's also pretty hard too. So don't feel like you're on an island, you're by yourself, because you're like, well, I have more than one thing. Well, join the club. We all have more than one thing, amen? But what we do is we fix this, and then we try to fix that, and it's all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we find out how to take and capture our temper, our emotions, and things like that. And what we don't do is we don't, we don't corner ourselves, We don't block the blessing. I was watching football yesterday. If you're an OSU fan, it was a happy day for you. All three of you. All three of you had a great day. Okay? Oh, there we go. There you go. So you guys were scared. Yeah, you're in Sooner Nation, aren't you? Yeah. You guys were scared. Yeah? <laughs> but I was watching these guys and I was watching the linemen. And maybe I just have, you know, some issues because I was a high school lineman. I never thought I got the credit that I needed. It was the backs that always celebrated, it was the quarterbacks. But I was watching them and I was watching these big linemen block for these guys. And I was watching these big linemen block holes and open up holes and and do all these things that would take for that running back to get through so they could flow from one level to the next, from the linemen to the linebackers to the secondary. And I was thinking in my life, whenever my attitude is not correct, it becomes a big lineman and it begins to block a hole. And now the Holy Spirit can't flow like it needs to flow. Whenever I I don't try to control my temper, whenever I don't try to control my emotions and make my emotions and my mindset and my attitude line up with the word of God, then it's like having those big linemen that you cannot get any flow in or out. And this is the thing. The the meetings that you're gonna go to, the parties that you're gonna go to, the situations that you're gonna be in, God wants you there because he wants the, the Holy Spirit to flow through you so you can reach more of those lives and more of those people and encourage them. But if we go in with bad attitudes and our tempers, that's out of control because of the weight of the world now, because Christmas doesn't look like it looked last year, because we have some situational changes and some circumstance changes, and we don't watch ourselves and keep it in check, then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit can't flow through us like the Holy Spirit needs to flow through us. And then all of a sudden we create those big blocks. And God is saying, listen, that's not where I want you to be. And how do we know that? The last part of that, it says, but may win a full reward. But may win a full reward. You know, God doesn't want us just to win a half reward. He wants us to win it all. So we look at it sometimes and think, well, if I could just tr- control a little bit of my temper. No, he wants you to control it all. Now, it'll start out with a little bit. Well, if, if, I, could just, if, if I could just control my mouth a little bit. No, he wants you to control it all the way. And we will reap the rewards of that. Well, if I could just control these finances just a little. No, listen, he wants you to be more than a conqueror than all of that. And that's what John is saying here. Don't settle for half the truth. Don't settle for half when God wants to give you all of it. When he wants to give you the whole thing, the whole reward. That thing that you've been working for, where you've envisioned envisioned yourself uh, becoming. And the whole reward takes us to a place where we see the full reward of personal discipline. You've got some things in your life that you're trying to discipline yourself. Don't give up yet. God's been working on you, and keep doing it. Maybe you have that emotional control, and you have to keep your emotions in check. Hey, we all have different things like that. But don't settle for just half of it, that you may walk in the full reward. That full reward of vision, that full reward of hope. God God has shown you what he's trying to do in the area of your life. God's given you visions of what you can become and what you can do. Maybe he's spoken to you through dreams and through his word, and that's how you confirm it. Other people have come up and, and, and begin to tell you about the potential that they see in your life, and it's that vision that they've cast in your life through the Spirit of God. And listen, keep those things close. Hold on to that because we want to live in the full reward of that. Amen? So don't lose it. And we're in the middle of all these holidays and sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but you feel like losing your mind. Does anybody else feel like losing your mind sometimes? Good Lord, could it get any worse? Well, it can if you keep doing stuff the dumb way. (laughs) It really can. But if you do stuff with wisdom and intelligence, all of a sudden you find yourself in the full reward. In that place that Christ is trying to take you where he's trying to go. And if you're unsaved this morning, if you've never invited Christ into your life, maybe you've only heard about him or you've wondered about him, you're not living in the full reward. You're not living in any reward. But you can change that. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian brother or sister and you know that you have found some great Strength in some areas that you didn't have before. Don't lose that strength because these times are trying for all. Don't lose what God has already started in your life. Don't lose that vision. Don't lose that control over your emotions, over your temper, over your finances. You've worked way too hard to come this far. And God didn't bring you this far so we could back up. Would you bow with me?